Hey, greetings, sports fans, Catholic Radio listeners. This is Steve Ferguson, along with our co-host, Brad Moore, and you're listening to Two Guys in a Conversation on 88.1 Catholic Radio. As a reminder, you can get our podcast on the iTunes download, and it's two, numeral, numeral, numeral two, Guys in a Conversation, and so uh, you can listen to us if you'd like at any time. Apparently, we're up to about 14 or 15 listeners now, Brad. Yeah, at least. <laughs> and so, I think we've got six or seven that aren't family. Well, that's right. I think our family shut us off. Um, <laughs> we have a lot to talk about. Again, every week, there's, we could probably talk for two hours. You know, you and I, it's part of our lives we talk about sports. But I think a good way to open up uh, our local sports talk is the fact that Helan's got a new gym. Uh, the Pit No More. O'Gorman Gym opened, and uh, boys uh, had a game there. And uh, rave reviews about this new facility, Brett. Yeah, the new facility is great. I know that there's a lot of mixed feelings. There was a lot of love. For the pit, it was a very special place. There were a lot of special games there, but uh, we turned the chapter, and and that's a great accomplishment by Helan and uh, Tom Betts, and a great environment. Yeah, that's going to be going to be a new uh, a new Helan, and uh, that's what they have to do is create their new legacy there. Boys had a tough loss to Trainer, which is a very good team, very competitive. I think tied going the fourth fourth quarter. I wasn't there, but I kind of read the summaries and. And uh, don't have a lot of size this year. We'll get Coach Foster on to talk about his team, Brad. But they're going to have to play a disruptive type of basketball and keep the keep the games in those forty to fifty point uh, uh, range to give themselves a chance to win. Yeah, I think they're going to have to put a, a lot of defensive pressure on, use all their fouls, slow the game down, and and try and scrap out some tough wins with some great athletes. But yeah. close game, they kept it, kept it close till the fourth quarter, and then Trainer goes on a twelve zero run, and yeah. that was the game. Yeah, you've coached basketball. You know that uh, you kind of have to adjust your your team to the to, to what it takes to win, and and it'll be fun to see how Coach Foster works with this group this year. Yeah, not a not a horrible loss though. Trainer's got a lot of tradition. Trainer boys and girls yeah. are in the state tournament all the time. Uh, so let's hope they've got East coming up. Let's hope that they they can bounce back and play them tough. Yeah, that'll be a good measuring stick for sure. Hey, girls um, came out number one ranked three A team, and we had Coach Cool on and. And he said the expectation was going to be there. And uh, now they have that uh, that uh, on their back, you know, uh, if you will. And they went down and, and opened up with Lewis Central, who is coming out preseason ranked number 10 and 4A. And, Brad, I think that's going to be a little low. Uh, they got everybody back. They have a 6'1 recruit, volleyball recruit to you and I, that's an outstanding basketball player. Uh, I can't remember a name that averaged 17 points. They also have another 5'11 post. So Lewis Central only ranked number four in 4A at number 10 at 4A. Seemed a little bit low, and they tripped up the, the Healing Girls in OT down there, Brent. Yeah, so they had some uh, even uh, scoring. You know, I, I thought that Healing played a really good game, and here's what I like to see is that uh, at the end of regulation, Ella Skinner uh, hit a couple free throws with five seconds left, mm-hmm. send it into overtime, yeah. and then with 12 seconds left in overtime, uh, Caitlin Stanley hits three. Yeah. So, you know, they're, they're seasoned players, they're battlers, and uh, I, I never really uh, minded an early season loss because yeah. it kind of validates what you're saying as a coach. You know, we got to come in, we got to prepare, we got to play hard. Yeah. Uh, and, and so this might help them in the long run. The two state championships for Helan, uh, you know, in the not too distant past, there were always there were losses and there were early season losses that uh, I think aided in the, the development of the team. Well, great points. Uh, but speaking of state championships, they're going to have a little reunion Saturday for the East girls game. Uh, Healing girls play East, a very talented East team. So they're coming out of the gate tough, uh, and they're going to uh, celebrate the 2010 championship team, Brad. They're going to have a little ceremony uh, 
their Saturday. Yeah, that was a pretty special team. I mean, they got up and down the court, and uh, that that was some of the girls that uh, I coached. I wasn't coaching then, but I coached some of those girls earlier mm-hmm. in their career, and, you know, very special class of uh, Niggling and, and uh, Carly Tritz, now Berger, yeah. uh, Amanda Hoffman, and others, and so that, that'll be a fun reunion. Yeah, and they often have stated the most valuable people for that basketball team or the were the people that drove Carly and, and uh, Millie to practice and get games. <laughs> yeah, that that's the truth. And I tell you, those two played together from an early age. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they were gamers. And Millie, talk about another gamer, is that, uh, you know, probably no one I would have rather have on the free throw line at the end of a game yeah. than Millie Niggling because she was a winner. Yeah, and that's what it takes. Well, speaking of, uh, speaking of winning, um, we're, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about Morningside football. And... Uh, Got to tell you what happened uh, over the Thanksgiving holiday. I had twelve football players at my house for uh, Thanksgiving, Brett. There's a there's a new tradition uh, that's happened over the last few years, where if there's a playoff game on the Saturday following Thanksgiving, it's a home game. Uh, the, the guys can't go home if they're over ninety miles or hundred miles away. And so families have with players locally, and and uh, I have a connection there. Uh, and uh, so we had twelve guys. We had two sets of parents. I'd like to shout out to Darren and Wendy Keller whose son, Zach, is a defensive lineman and uh, stepped up and played really well in the game uh, on Saturday. And, uh, and then the, uh, John and Joyce Kotzer from the, the two twins. We've talked a lot about Jacob and Joel Kotzer, the two uh, all GPAC linebackers. They brought in a bunch of food, organized the whole thing, and, and uh, we had a blast. What a great tradition. Oh, and man. I tell you, hats off to you and Lisa. I know that's a lot of work. You've got the perfect home for it. I'm sure it was a great, great time. Wow. But I would like to see what that number of football players can put away on Thanksgiving. It was impressive. <laughs> we'll take credit for the first ever defensive shutout in postseason play for Morningside. 51 zip over St. Xavier. There you go. All because of the Ferguson pregame. I'll tell you what, it was a lot of fun. Morningside, my goodness. Uh, you know, here's what we have talked a little bit about. You know, we started out early in the season. What are they going to do to replace the, the the offense and losing Soulsman, Niles, and some of their key weapons? Well, they've answered that bell. But then we said, could defense really win for Morningside? Well, they've shown that they arguably have one of the best defenses in the country. And really what showed up Saturday, Brad, was both sides of line play. You know, we talk all the time about how important line play. Morningside has it. Their offensive line is stellar. They can run the ball when they need to. They pass pro as good as any team that I've seen. Dolanchek rarely gets touched. And it allows them to do a lot of things offensively. You certainly don't have the type of season that Dolacek has and Ponder has without uh, a great line. And so St. Xavier comes in with the number one passing offense in the country. Uh, Morningside picks them off twice, uh, you know, uh, on their side of the field. So they really changed momentum. Really impressed by the uh, the defense. So great win. Great was, win for them. It was a big win considering St. Xavier just knocked off Northwestern. Probably a good thing that our buddy and former St. Xavier alumnus, uh, Brian Atchison, didn't go to their locker room and try to fire him up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We've heard his pregame We've talks. heard his, I've heard his, uh, his spe- speeches on the first and 18th hole many times <laughs> when we're partners. So anyway, one of the real highlights of that game, too, was David Rios. Um, and, and David and, and uh, Zach Keller are, are playing for injured players. So the depth of their, off, their defensive line, they put pressure all day long. Rios had four and a half sacks, which is a new postseason record for a Morningside player. He's a junior out of Sioux Falls, Lincoln. And uh, you could see what was happening during the season. Uh, Coach Jacobson, defensive coordinator, started rotating their, their defensive line more and more. And I think that's a new trend in football, Brad, because of the, 
the way the game is played now, the wide open games, you have to have more defensive linemen to keep them fresh. Yeah, I think uh, Casey Jacobson's had a fir- you know fantastic year. Uh, the defense has been stellar. So really looking forward to the uh, Grandview game, be the, tough. the next one up. Tough. You know, they are 13-0, and 0, but uh, they've squeaked by the last couple. First round, they had a 31-30 win over Concordia. Second round, 14-6 over College of Idaho. Yeah. So let's hope that uh, the high-octane, high-output uh, offense Morningside keeps rolling. It's t- going to be a totally different game for Morningside because Grandview runs the ball. And, um, and they're, it, they appear on paper to be a very physical team that runs the ball, likes to play Iowa-like football, keep the games fairly close. Uh, I think they've got a very, very good defense and uh, should have a very big crowd uh, coming up from Des Moines on Saturday when um, Morningside hosts them. So it's a different kind of challenge. Most of the teams that Morningside's been playing, Brad, are kind of wide open, throw the ball. Maybe they have a little bit of a dual threat quarterback, but this is going to be a different kind of game. We're going to find out. If this is a smash mouth uh, football game, we'll see if uh, Morningside's up for it. That's right. I, I predict they will be. Well, listen, we're going to have more to chat about in our next section on two guys in a conversation, and we'll catch everyone after the break. Hey, welcome back, everybody, to Two Guys in a Conversation. Steve Ferguson, along with our co-host, Brad Moore. And we're coming to you from the uh, Sterling Computer Campus in North Sioux City. And once again, we want to thank uh, Brad and his team for setting up this little uh, studio for us to do our show at. And it's been great, and we've had a lot of help. And and uh, we have kind of crazy schedules. Brad and I, over the course of the last 36 hours, changed our time to record the show like three times. <coughs> Excuse me. So we just kind of get together when we can and and make it work. And we really appreciate the flexibility that Brad and, and the team here at Sterling uh, shows us. And this uh, section of our show is called uh, Brad and Steve's Room of Knowledge. And we get to talk about various topics in sports. We had had quite a lot to talk about in Big Ten football, Brad, and, and we'll probably hit on that at the end of our show today. But this, this is a little different today. I'd like to, to recap, first of all, our thoughts, both from the Nebraska and Iowa perspective on that incredible game down at Lincoln, uh, Black Friday game. And then, uh, and then I want to Ask you get your opinion about sports in general and how that impacts both of us and 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 in life. So let's start with this uh, this Turkey Day uh, post Turkey Day uh, football game in Lincoln. Well, first of all, I, I'm going to say that uh, in the room of knowledge, you know, we we had some bad predictions throughout the year, and, and I question how much knowledge was in the room. <laughs> but uh, you know, we thought that Ohio State Wisconsin would yep. be standing at the end. And you you nailed it, and and they are um, Iowa Nebraska game. You know, here's what I'll say is since uh, we've joined the Big Ten, I have a huge appreciation for the Iowa coaching staff now. I I think Kurt Friends is as good a coach as there is in the country. Five straight years of A-plus wins, um, recruiting to Iowa City, which I'm finding recruiting to Lincoln is just as tough. But to have the kind of years that he's had – and he's really schooled Scott Frost in the first two years. And, and Scott Frost is finding out how tough uh, the Big Ten really is. So I think you could put friends at uh, LSU, Alabama, uh, Florida, some of those schools, and he would win national championships. I think he's as good as anyone. Um, I said it was going to come down to the to, to the quarterback play, and, and it did. I mean, it was a, a fairly messy but even game uh, till the end, and finally – Stanley came through, and hats off to him. Big place. And I've said the last few weeks, I think Iowa um, 
They wait too long to cut him loose. Yeah. He throws a great deep ball, in my opinion, yeah. has some threats. So, uh, you know, good game, uh, heartbreaking <clears throat> finish for some of us. And uh, But, you know, it's, uh, it's going to be a great rivalry going forward. Well... Guys, some great, great uh, comments there, Brad. And you nailed the, your preseason predictions with Wisconsin, Ohio State, and, and spot on. And and um, it wasn't a very tough prediction, by well, the way. <laughs> you know. Wisconsin had to had to work for it to get there. You know, the thing that that I think going into the game, we talked about it. I was very, very nervous about Nebraska, and I think Nebraska played with an incredible amount of emotion, and they played the way that they needed to play because of the fact that there's a lot to you know, a lot on the line. And the fact that they got behind and then fought back says a lot. It says a lot about what, what kind of character that they're trying to instill down there. Frost isn't happy yet, and that's good. He obviously knows that it's not that far away. But gosh darn it, in this level of competition, it's only a few little things every game. Yeah. So, so you have to have uh, to win if you're, if you're not loaded. But even if you are loaded, to win, you got to have stellar, outstanding quarterback play. Mm -hmm. And Martinez, uh, as it turns out, you know, his knee was hurt, his shoulders hurt. He put off midseason shoulder surgery, and he wasn't the same quarterback. And no. Nebraska loses four or five games by one score. And uh, him having a subpar year, uh, it hurt. It really hurt. I think the MVP of that game was the defensive backfield for Iowa. There was a lot of coverage-type pressure. You know, uh, he, he didn't have anybody to really throw to. Yeah. And I think that's uh, that says a lot why the defensive line was able to get to him eventually. Yeah. But it really wasn't like immediate pressure. It was more secondary pressure. So old AJ put the pressure on, and he had he had such an incredible, yeah. incredible game. I don't know whether he'll go pro or not go pro, but that guy is NFL ready. Well, speaking of, of AJ, he's uh, first-team all Big Ten, along with Tristan Wirfs, who was just named Offensive Lineman of the Year. They're both projected to be first-round draft choices, both of which have said, I'm playing in the bowl game. Both have stated, then I'll weigh my options. You know, Brandon Sheriff, uh, who was the Outland Trophy winner, uh, came back for his senior year um, and now is getting ready to sign a $75 or $80 million contract, possibly with the Vikings. Um, yeah, I tell you, first round money is, is uh, it's really hard to turn down, yeah, but right. uh, you only get one shot at college football. Well, we're talking about Tulo or Tulo, the quarterback at Alabama, you know, was projected to go number one, hurt his hip. He's thinking about coming back. Yeah. You know, and so there's a there's an interesting maybe trend. Um, will they ever have the, the, will they ever be at this stage ever in their life again? If you're playing for Iowa, you're playing for a pro team. Everybody's looking at you. Everybody's in the fan base and. And so there's a there's an element to it. It makes you wonder. Yeah. Hawkinson did not want to go, but he had to go because he was seventh round pick. Yeah. He did not want to go. He wanted to come back uh, last year for Iowa. So it'll be interesting. I've assumed they're going to go, Brad. Yeah. You know, when you get to, I mean, that's what you go to college for. I mean, you go to be financially secure for the rest of your life. And then yeah. if they've got that, that's hard to pass yeah, up. Yeah. And I think the coaches will probably push them that direction too. I really do. Well, the, the thing is this. I was very fortunate to win. Once again, Ferentz has great respect. They understand. Came down to being just lucky enough to make those plays. But hats off to Stanley for making big-time throws and finishing it out. Uh, Willie what, showed what he's capable of doing. Yeah, and the, the kicker, you know, when he was lining up, and it was windy. It was breezy. I mean, it was not an easy kick. All the kicks he made, yeah. even the ones that yeah. where they called the timeout, you know, so he nails every kick, and as he's lining up, I was telling my family who was around me, I said, best kicker in the United States here. So, And he proved it. It was a very tough 
kick under those conditions there, there and, was, and he I nailed it. I believe some dialogue going on because uh, there's a quote or several quotes. There was some colorful commentary made by the strength and conditioning coach Doyle yelling as they were freezing our kicker. Yeah. Uh, I cannot quote him, but it had something to do with he don't care. He, Duncan don't care. Yeah. Freeze him. He'll keep kicking it every time. He, he's screaming this. Yeah. And it shows what Doyle is more than just making your body strong. He's a mental guy, too. Yeah. And he's he's coaching the kicker. Yeah, well, uh, you know, historically, you can tell that uh, I was mentally and physically pretty tough. And it's a good challenge for Nebraska. Uh, I hope they uh, recruit hard and uh, rise up and uh, become a little bit they're, more they're competitive. Getting, they're getting better every year. We know no doubt about it. I'm. They're gonna every game. That game will be a, a tough one next year. They're just gonna get better. Their question is gonna be what to do with their quarterback. McCafferty looks like he could be a real leader. Well, at the end of the game, as Nebraska was pinned deep, and it, it was you know the way they were playing, they were not gonna drive ninety five yards against the Iowa defense. And at that point, you know we've got two receivers that are out with injuries. Our two breakaway uh, running backs, they're out. Uh, and McCaffrey really is the only person that had the speed and yeah. the breakaway ability. So. Yeah. I would have liked to see him play a little bit at the end because I thought he was our best chance at a big play. Yeah. Well, gosh, it was <laughs> every everybody in this whole area. We had a house full. We were having a little birthday party for my my grandson, uh, who's one, and I had my oldest son back and and his uh, his wife's family, and we had one Nebraska fan there. And you know, we were all pretty darn good. We didn't have too much to say. But I think there's a great level of respect between uh, Nebraska fans and Iowa fans. Well, that's that's what I hope for. Uh, it has been brutal, and I hope, especially on the losing end. And when Nebraska played Oklahoma all those years, there was a great amount of respect, and there was no joy in seeing Oklahoma down in the '90s. And so I'm I'm hoping that uh, that's what develops between Nebraska and Iowa. I'll leave you with one stat: over the last five years, Iowa has eleventh eleventh most wins in college football. Which is means you got an Alabama, Clemson, LSU, Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, you know, probably Wisconsin, but Iowa has the eleventh most wins in college football uh, over the last five years. So as Iowa fans, we need to pause and realize how fortunate we are. Yeah, and conversely, Nebraska just completed the worst five years in over sixty years of football. So, um, you know, the programs are going in different directions. So let's let's hope the Huskers can turn it around. Well, we'll uh, we'll have more uh, on our on our shows upcoming. We'll do some Big Ten recaps and and uh, especially after the Big Ten championship game. So, well, we'll catch everybody uh, in the last part of our show. More to talk about um, on two guys in a conversation. Catch you after the break. Hey, welcome back, everybody, to Two Guys in a Conversation. Steve Ferguson, along with our co-host, Brad Moore. And uh, we've been having a, a good talk here uh, about local sports and college sports. Uh, Nebraska, Iowa is always, always at the top of our discussion in sports. But uh, to finish up our show today, uh, a couple quick notes on, on Morningside and, and Briarcliff. Big game coming up. Morningside men won last uh, this week, 92-66 over Midland. Uh, they are very, very balanced, Brad. They're playing extremely good defense and uh, bench play. Uh, this last game, they got 11 from uh, Potabom, 12 from Hoskins, and 14 from Brown. I added that up. 50 bench points last game. Yeah, it's uh, pretty impressive. Very what solid. Got. Now, Briar Cliff, I believe, has lost three in a row, but they're a very dangerous team. 
and and that 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 rivalry is something that everybody should be going to. Yeah, so I I, I had that they lost four in a row, but three or four in a row, seven and four, one and four in GPAC, lost to Northwestern in overtime. Uh, Northwestern, couple ex uh, uh, Siouxland uh, standouts, Trent Hildebrands had twenty four points, wow. Jay Smalls from Hinton twelve yeah. points. So it's nice to see some uh, Siouxland area athletes yeah. excelling at yeah. the college level. Yeah. Well, you know, Potabombs from Lamar's. Um, at, at, at coming off the bench at Morningside, and uh, uh, Connor Groves from Sergeant Bluff over at Briarcliff has been having some big moments off the bench as a freshman. So, uh, recruiting locally uh, for these NAI schools is very important. Yeah, I had someone, uh, you know, text me and ask me why Morningside football is so good, and that's because the caliber of the regional athletes, and, mm-hmm. and they're getting them all. And they have the ability to go into these smaller areas. Uh, you know, I wonder how many of those kids they're plucking coming up to Morningside from these small schools in Nebraska would have been walk-ons in the 80s and 90s. Yeah, maybe. Because they had hundreds of them. Yeah. And, uh, you know, those those kids were talking about that at, at Thanksgiving, too, at the, the choices they made, and they're loving their experience at Morningside. Yeah. Um, and that's when, one of the cool things. You know, we, we you and I talk about sports and you you how important it is in, in your culture of your business and some of the people that work here. And it's a big part of our lives, always has been, and people make fun of me, but... I, I think that the going through the experience of sports at all different levels, especially the college sports, gives you a, a framework um, for life. And um, uh, it just you're used to dealing with adversity. And, you know, there's, there's comments that come up. Uh, there's a great quote here. I'm going to read it to you, Brad. And I think you're going to love this. Success is going from failure to failure without losing your enthusiasm. Winston Churchill. Yeah. You know, it, that's what sports are all about. Yeah. You know? Yeah, well, in business, we talk about it all the time, that uh, success is m- more often uh, defined by your failures than by your successes. Absolutely. And it's how do you pick yourself up and <clears throat> and how do you react in failure? And we, we have our national sales meeting going on right now. And uh, one of our speakers we brought in was Chad Green. Unbelievable Viking. Hawk. <clears throat> incredible, incredible speaker. <clears throat> but that was uh, kind of the nature of, of his conversation as well yeah. is throughout his life is, you know, how did he pick himself up after setbacks and how did he persevere? And and so that's what you see, not only from athletes, but it's more about activities because we've got some competitive gymnasts and cheerleaders and, you know, different activities, mm-hmm. uh, uh, music on our staff here. And I, I think that people that are involved in activities, they understand hard work. Right. Uh, how to persevere and and how to overcome failures. Yeah, and you're used to, you get used to what we call the grind. The grind's important. I mean, you and I both participated at, at the next level after high school in athletics, and probably the thing that that you it's strange when you have this extra time on your hands because you're so used to going and working out and going to practice and and then eating and then you you go study and it just becomes your routine. And I think that's what helps us a little bit in life is that, you know, you just look at it and go, wow, we've got a busy schedule, we've got a busy day. It's like, oh, yeah, whatever. This is kind of normal stuff. Yeah. And it's fun. Yeah. You know, because when you're – I'm not very functional when I'm not busy. Yeah. I just right. don't do well. Yeah. Because I think and, I'm so ingrained with it. And that's what you see is, uh, you know, highly successful people with downtime, they find a way to uh, – it's self-improvement. It's mm-hmm. competition. Mm-hmm. They're always looking for a way to fill up their free time Yeah, uh, that's uh, – that's, you know, that helps them in their professional life. Yeah. And I, you know, it's funny. Here we are in our 50s, and uh, we have a really good friend um, that lives in Tennessee by the name of Mike Dunn. And some of our listeners probably remember Mike. He used to live up here and work for Gateway. 
And uh, he's from Ireland and he's a very, uh, one of the better competitors that I've been around simply from the golf, when we play golf. We have a little match. There's four of us to get together and play. And I look forward to that. I sit and think about golf holes that we play and mat, the matches that we play. And I, it's, I look forward to it because it gives yeah. me a chance to sort of compete again. Yeah, and he, even and though I'm lousy. Yeah, know? well, not lousy, but he he competes at such a high level, and he's so intense at everything he does yeah. that uh, when the pressure is on and and it comes towards the end of a match, he becomes a much better player. He becomes more focused and more competitive, and you know it's it's interesting thing to watch for sure. You know, last night I watched the Jim Valvano speech. I think it's V Week right now on yeah. ESPN V Week. A, a classic. And if, if you you out there haven't heard it, I suggest YouTubing it or yeah. Googling it. Yeah, I, I have, I've watched it a minimum of 50 times. And it's just an incredible talk and speech. And, and it's, it really set the foundation for accelerating cancer research. Um, and if we look at cancer treatment today, uh, since Valvano has died, it is unbelievable the difference. And, and I think there's some influence. They talk about the amount of money that has been raised since the V Foundation. Um, Dick Vitale has had a very major role in pediatric cancer um, fundraising and research. But was really kind of hit home as I was watching the Iowa-Syracuse basketball game the other night on TV, Brad. And they had a Syracuse women's player uh, who was first team all ACC last year diagnosed with breast cancer this summer. And they showed and she talked about her journey and how important going through it with her teammates and and how she handled it all. It was unbelievable. And then they, she referenced back, you know, uh, Velvano and the whole thing. And she was just, uh, I think, cancer-free November 11th. And it looks like she's going to be back on the court playing if she isn't already. I love those stories. Crazy. <laughs> those stories are great. Crazy story. And, you know, it just kind of puts the whole perspective together. I know it was Stuart Scott Day yesterday, former announcer at North, I was watching some of the North Carolina game, Ohio State game last night too. And uh, how much of an influence these people have had um, when they were uh, uh, involved with ESPN and the ESPY Awards, yeah. good stuff. So Dick Vitale is a good friend of a good friend of mine in Florida, and he's very passionate about his foundation. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I was told that uh, if we'd let him talk a little bit about his foundation, there'd be a possibility we could get him on the show. So I'll try and work on that. Let's get that done. How cool would that be? So, you know, so when we think about the, the life lessons that sports give you, I mean, it's not about how many points you scored, you know, where are you at? I mean, that's that's interesting topics. That's entering discussions. There's very few Carly Tritzes out there. There's very few people that get that personal legacy. It's all of the other aspects of sports, the people you meet from different parts of the country, from different backgrounds um, that, that come together for a, a unique purpose. I think sports teams teach us more about the way we should actually be acting with everybody. You know, uh, we've talked about before the Penn State experience with one of the fans, you know, uh, right, calling out dreadlocks and things like that. And I think that's what I, I really like about sports is we come together as a community and we'd be lost without, I'd be lost without these things. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's, it's just an important part. And, you know, Chad Greenway, such a, a great individual, married four kids. He's coaching basketball. He has a very active foundation. If, if uh, you ever get a chance to uh, hire him to speak, I, I would hire him. But uh, he had a great story, very passionate about his foundation and working with kids and kids with cancer. And so it seems like the uh, the, the 
most amazing human beings that have had some level of success then turn their efforts towards mm -hmm. uh, great causes. Yeah, you see that a lot. Well, listen, great show, Brad, great topics. Uh, Sterling Computers is winning. And, uh, you know, lots of local young people have stayed home and Brad, great job of keeping them here. And you're having a, a big sale, national sales week for you guys. And lots of vendors from outside come into Sioux City. It's really a cool thing. And want to congratulate you guys on all your continued success. And we'll catch you and everybody next week on Two Guys in a Conversation.